When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following is a presentation of Learfield IMG College. Welcome to Duck Insider. Duck Insider. Insider. On the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. What race. It's over, baby. Pressure hit. And now, ball comes out. Did you think that was going? Oh, wait. No one. He's taking it to the house. Crossover to the bucket for two. And Oregon wins it. The Ducks are Pac-12 champions. Goes inside. Right hand. With seven, three out top. is Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Now, here's your host, Joey Mack. Pac-12 play is almost upon us. The Ducks going 2-1 and one in non-conference games early in this season. They lost to Auburn, but now a couple resounding wins, one over Nevada and, of course, on Saturday against Montana. I'm Joey Mack. Thanks for joining us. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMackUO. Follow Oregon Sports Network on Twitter at OregonSPXNet. And, of course, if you're tuning in on one of our various social media platforms, maybe you're watching us today on the GoDucks Facebook page. Thanks for doing so. We'll take your Facebook comments and questions, some injury updates to tell you about as we kick things off today. Coach Cristobal did meet with the media. We will have his entire press conference for you coming up in our next segment, so stick with us. It's going to be fun. We also have some new additions here in the studio per Oregon great alum Tinker Hatfield. Those of you who have season tickets and you've seen the tickets, you know that there's a little different design on each of those tickets for each game. There's also a poster for each game. We've got Justin Herbert and the C.J. Verdell posters over my shoulders right now for those of you who are tuning in. As we get ready for Stanford, those injury updates we will tell you about. Uh, We also have some highlights to go through. We'll recap that win over Montana, and I think it was a little bit of a slow start. I think the Ducks would tell you it was a little bit of a slow start. We're going to unpack that in just a little while in addition to Coach Cristobal's press conference. And we've got Matt Ulmer, head coach of Oregon Volleyball. He's going to join us on the phone today, so i got to figure out how to do our handshake. Um, We're going to have to think about that. We're going to have to think about that. Because Matt Ulmer's going to join us via the phone lines after a unfortunately rough weekend for the Ducks, dropping a couple of top ten matches, Oregon a top ten team themselves last weekend. The Ducks, though, dealing with injuries. Taylor Borup out in the last match, and Willow Johnson left in the fourth set of the match last Wednesday. So the Ducks, hoping that they're going to return soon. We'll talk with Coach Ulmer about that, and that certainly changes your team with out on All-American, doesn't it? So we'll talk with Matt Omer coming up. Also, a nice tie for Oregon soccer over the weekend. Their five-match unbeaten streak continues, and we'll talk with Kat Mertz, head coach of that Oregon soccer team, coming up on the show tomorrow. For Oregon football, Cam McCormick, Mario Cristobal announced today that he will miss the rest of the season. A lingering injury for Cam McCormick. He tried to get back. He actually suited up and went through warm-ups on the field at against Montana at Autzen Stadium. The Ducks saying today, Mario Cristobal confirming today, that he will miss the rest of the season. Uh, to paraphrase Coach Cristobal before we hear from him, it is unfortunate. Um, 
He's going to be fine. Cam McCormick's going to be fine, but it's in his best interest to not play for the rest of the year and rest up. So that tight end position that hasn't had Cam McCormick yet, the Ducks will be without him now, we know, for the remainder of the season. Guys like Jacob Breland, Hunt Ryan Bay, Hunter Campmoyer, Spencer Webb even, who's playing a little more receiver now, and Patrick Herbert. That's the remainder of that depth chart for tight end. And wishing Cam McCormick the best. Might be able to have another year of eligibility. He's had a lot of injuries in his career. We'll see what he decides and. Uh, ultimately, it could come down to what the NCAA decides as well. But we'll see if Cam McCormick decides to go that route. Coach Chris Ball also said that Juwan Johnson did practice over the weekend. And we hope that he's going to be able to get back after getting healthy for this Stanford game. We hope that he's going to be able to get back for this Stanford game. Also of note, Thomas Graham, uh, coach said that he tweaked his ankle a little bit. Thomas Graham it, did practice, that he looked good. And Jake Hansen is still being evaluated. He left right before halftime. Jake Hansen did over the weekend. And Coach Cristobal said that he is still being evaluated. So the depth of that offensive line spot was tested. Calvin Throckmorton did the snapping, you noticed, in the second half. Uh, elsewhere, Coach did confirm some good news that Micah Pittman, and Brendan Schooler, both of those guys, the Ducks hope that they will be back at practice following the Stanford game. So kind of like we thought when the timelines came out for them in about six to eight weeks, looks like they're going to try and get back for the bye week and then get ready for that matchup with Colorado. Is that right? Colorado on a Friday? Yeah, that's right. I, I got I to gotta remember my schedule here. The Ducks at 4 o'clock on Saturday will kick things off in Pac-12 play against Stanford. That Stanford team has struggled a little bit. They got blasted by UCF over the weekend. USC beat them. And judging from the rest of the Pac-12 weekend, I think what we learned last weekend compared to the previous weekend is that USC isn't necessarily back. Maybe Stanford's just not as good as Stanford has been in years past. Coach Cristobal, though, said, hey, this is still a good football team. Watching that game against UCF, I, I took away that Stanford may not have the depth on defense that they've had in years past. We're going to talk about that with Coach Cristobal coming up in just a little while. The Ducks uh, will, after that bye week, play Cal, then play Colorado. Tobiah corrected me. Alex corrected me, too. Come on, Scotty! Scott didn't help me. I thought that it was... I said, hey, well, don't we play Colorado on a Friday? Oh, did you say Cal? I heard Colorado. Colorado's on a, on a Friday. Cal's on a Saturday. I don't know. i got to keep track of my schedule. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I'll answer some of your Facebook comments and questions. Uh, Dubai asking about the running game. Uh, Monster O-Line expect to see more interior success. Coach actually was asked about that today. Um, and he said that they, I think, for the most part, have seen big runs in the third and fourth quarter. You've seen those the last couple weeks. That was something that Coach was happy about. Now, the question moving forward, though, is can the Ducks get more of that in the first and second quarter? Coach did ask about that, and I'm going to let you listen to that in just a little while here. Tobias, and I see a lot of people saying, yeah, that's it's a bummer for Cam. It really is a bummer for Cam McCormick. I feel for him. I, I really do because he is a high-level player and is dealt with a lot of injuries in his in his career, so I wish him the very best. Hope that it works out for him. Uh, I thought that Montana played really hard as we look back at this game. I thought their defense came out firing on all cylinders. Pretty physical game. Uh, the Ducks' defense, though, equally as good. Three of the last, get this, four games, Oregon has held the opposition out of the end zone. Three of the last four games, and so far two of three under Andy Avalos, the Ducks have held the opponent out of the end zone. Uh, I can tell you, though, that Coach was not happy at halftime. Uh, when I talked to him at halftime, he was not happy. Thought that the play was a little bit sloppy. And the Ducks did run the ball better in the second half. When I talked to him post game, that was the biggest development from first half to second half. They did run the ball a little bit better. Um, I think that it was huge at the end of the first half, when Oregon was up 14 nothing, to get some momentum. Justin Herbert, in one of the plays of the year, so far, really impressed with Justin Herbert. And Johnny Johnson, an amazing grab on this play as well. Jerry Allen's call of the game um, was no doubt Justin Herbert to Johnny Johnson. He was outstanding on this play. And so let me walk you through it before we hear Jerry's call. Uh, Herbert is dead to rights in the backfield. Jerry said it. Dead to rights in the backfield. Rolls out finds a way to escape, and a diving play from Johnny Johnson. What else can he ask for in the call to the game? Call of the game. Here's 
Back to throw. Pressure comes. Big in to him. He's going to try to run away from it. Does. Herbert throws it downfield. Touchdown! <laughs> Johnny Johnson the third. And give Herbert at least half of that six points, if not more, because he was dead to right sack, and he got away from it somehow. Dude, that was an amazing play. Like, Justin Herbert showing the athleticism. What a job by Johnny Johnson to get over and make that catch. He had a really good week of practice. It was cool to see him make a play like that, a highlight reel type of play. That's our call of the game from this week. Um, I do have to respond to Brad. Uh, did C.J. Verdell get hurt while only five carries? Uh, Brad, coach talked about that post game. He was asked about it, said that he is not injured. That was just to see what the guys behind C.J. Verdell are bringing to the table. I think that there's some push at that running back position from guys like Sean Dollars who had that big run. Cyrus Bibiolikio, Darian Felix, Travis Dye. I, I think the Ducks wanted to really evaluate and see what they had in the guys behind C.J. Verdell, and that was why Coach and the rest of the guys decided to make that decision, to not have C.J. Verdell carry the ball a ton. They wanted to see what the guys behind him were bringing to the table. Uh, I talked about the Ducks' defense. Uh, the leading tackler for Oregon I thought that this really summed up the amount of guys that were making plays for the Ducks. The leading tackler for Oregon was Javon Holland with five tackles in this game. A lot of guys were on the tackle sheet, flocking to the ball, flying to the ball, as they say. I was impressed with that. And Montana, I think they did impress me. Um, One thing that I will say, too, about Oregon's defense that I did not mention yet, Ducks made Montana completely one-dimensional. The Grizz had eight rushing yards. Eight rushing yards in the entire game. I don't care who you're playing. That's ridiculous. Ducks completely made them one-dimensional. Completely. So I mentioned the touchdowns and keeping guys out of the end zone. Three of the last four games, Oregon has not allowed a touchdown. Back-to-back games, too. The defense has now gone back-to-back games without allowing a touchdown, and the last time that happened was the 1987 finale and the 1988 opener against Oregon State and then Long Beach State. Last time the Ducks did it in the same year, as Rob Mosley pointed out yesterday, 1972 against San Jose State and Oregon State. The irony there is that uh, this is the first time that it hasn't involved Oregon State that there's been back-to-back no touchdowns allowed first time that it hasn't involved the beefs i thought that was kind of interesting i didn't realize that uh, jeff i gotta read this jerry allen call gives me the same emotional mood that the late dave Niehaus of the mariners was like love jerry allen man i can't agree more jeff that's a great comment that's a great compliment i'm gonna pass that along to jerry no doubt thanks for saying that uh elsewhere for oregon football uh the ducks this was pretty cool for Panay sewell he graded out as the best offensive line in the country According to Pro Football Focus this past week, Benet Sewell, pretty good work. Uh, some guys did get dinged up. You heard me mention some of those injury updates. Um, the youth at corner, I thought, was a real bright spot in this game. We knew that Calvin Throckmorton could play center. And we knew that on the defensive line, guys like Austin Fallu and Bryson Young, who the Ducks held out, sounds like they're going to be good to go this week. You know that you have some veterans along that defensive front to fill in for those guys. Tight end, we've seen it without Cam McCormick already. Corner was the spot, I thought, where the youth really had to step up. And boy, did Michael Wright do a good job. Michael Wright had an interception in this game on a tremendous play. The other side, DJ James, he was, he was even playing late in the game with Diamador Lenore just taking a seat, watching those two young freshmen play. I'll tell you what, remember the last time Oregon had two really good freshmen that played at the same time? As freshmen at corner, well, it was Thomas Graham and Diamondor Lenore who was, who were playing quite a bit. I think that Michael Wright and DJ James are in that same category. And I thought Michael Wright did a really nice job filling in for Thomas Graham. And again, it sounds like Thomas Graham going to be able to make his way back. Some other postgame notes as the Ducks uh, now get ready for Stanford. The Ducks, it's pretty amazing. Um As a defense, they have an interception in 10 of the last 12 games dating back to last season. You talk about ball hawking, Ducks have been all over the place forcing turnovers. And the defense has now gone 27 straight drives without allowing a touchdown. Let me say that again. 27 straight drives without allowing a touchdown. There's a lot of focus on the offense in college football. There always is, and particularly at Oregon. Oregon's known for offense, fast. That's what the Ducks have always been known for. 
But, boy, this defense is going to garner some headlines. Really, really impressive. Justin Herbert also extended his streak to 31 straight games with a touchdown pass. That is the longest streak in the nation. Oregon is averaging over 46 points per game in 17 career starts for Justin Herbert at Autzen Stadium. That's nuts. And Justin Herbert has also not thrown an interception in 150 consecutive pass attempts. I'm knocking on wood. Just in case. The Ducks uh, have averaged over 38 points per game, nearly 39 points per game in the total 31 career starts for Justin Herbert. What I'm getting at here is he's been really, really good. Really, really good. Taking some of your Facebook comments and questions, uh, Kent from Morgan, can we expect faster speed of play during conference games? Any idea how to find explosive plays? The Ducks are always looking for tempo. In fact, Oregon actually graded out as one of the better tempo teams in the country this past week. They're always going to look for tempo. And I do think that against a team like Stanford, think about the way that Oregon ran the tempo against Auburn. I think you are going to see a little bit more tempo. That's just my opinion. I actually haven't asked any of the coaches about that. I'm sure that we will this week. But I think that you will see just a quicker pace. That's the way that Oregon operated against Auburn. I think that you're going to see more of that. Finding those explosion plays, I think some of it is getting some personnel back, to be quite honest with you. Ducks have been playing without three, four pass catchers who figured to be regulars for this Oregon team. I think getting some of those personnel back, that's going to help with those explosion plays. There's no doubt about it. Um, We'll get into a few more of your Facebook comments and questions. Tobias bringing up Mace Funa. I thought Mace Funa played really well. Filling in for Bryson Young as a true freshman. You heard on the show last week talking to Mace Funa. Really, really good guy. He is a tremendous player. And the thing is, he didn't play his entire senior year in high school, remember? Got hurt, and he's actually, in his words, not as athletic as he would like to be right now. And boy, I thought Mace Funa played well. He filled in really, really nicely. I see uh, Brett asking about Hanson Graham. Hanson still being evaluated. Graham, if you're just joining us, uh, Coach said that he looks okay. Tosh Bibilicchio was dealing with back spasms, Coach said, and hoping that he's going to be able to make his way uh, back in. All right, I'm going to take more of your Facebook comments and questions. i got to take a quick time out. I'll catch up with everything. And when we come back, you're going to hear from Mario Cristobal, the Oregon football head coach, and his weekly press conference. We're back after this on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Today's podcast is brought to you by Mack Weldon. I don't know about you, but I feel like shopping has become less fun over the years. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but even basic essentials, you go into the store, they might not have what you need. Sometimes the quality isn't there, and it really discourages you from going to the store. But then I found Mack Weldon, and I was blown away by how easy it was. I don't know about you, but I'm a fall person. I love fall. And so I looked around and needed some new fall shirts and hoodies, and they arrived really quick on my doorstep. And when I tried them on, I just knew I had something high quality on it. And that's the thing about Mack Weldon is that everything they make is high quality. Not only is it easy, but in a world where quality can be scarce sometimes, but not at Mack Weldon. So try it. MacWeldon.com and they've got everything from socks, hoodies, shirts, and that's just the start of it. They have a ton of stuff for you to look at on their website. And with your first order, you can take 20% off with the promo code college. And you also get free shipping if you order anything over $50 or more. So Mack Weldon is better than anything you're wearing right now, guaranteed. And they're so sure that if you don't like it, you can keep it and they'll give you a full refund, no questions asked. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's MacWeldon.com, promo code college. Insider presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Catching up with some of your Facebook comments and questions. Uh, Morgan, we were just talking about Mace Funa. Yeah, he agrees with me. So can't wait to see when he sheds 15, 20 pounds. I, I think Mace Funa is just going to be a really good player. I, I think we're just seeing that. John asking similar to what we heard earlier about C.J. Verdell. Uh, he carried the ball five times. Coach said post game he's healthy. The Ducks just wanted to see what the other running backs brought to the table. I think this was it was an evaluation period for some of the guys behind C.J. Verdell. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Cindy asking, how did you... <laughs> Uh, Jerry and Jorgie do on picks. Not great. Not great at all. In fact, in our Pac-12 picks, I regret to inform everyone that the coin slash guest picker is currently tied for first place. It is, uh, it was not a good weekend. Backing the pack has really backfired on yours truly. Um, 
yeah, th- no, not a good week for picks. But thanks for bringing it up and reminding me, Cindy. Yeah, that that's great. Uh, Morgan, hey, anytime, uh, anytime, ask a question like that. Happy to help. Um, and I see uh, Joey Morgan's asking me, what is our plan to keep Avalos for next year? As our defense continues to perform like this, there will be schools trying to steal him away for a head coaching job. You know, I, look, if you don't have other teams trying to come in and take your assistant coaches, then you're probably not winning as many games as you want to. That's the challenge of of being in a program like Oregon, and honestly, it's going to be the challenge of Mario Crispo, I think, for a lot of years. Strategies to keep them? I think that it's the obvious ones, right? Quality of life, winning games, what's next in their career, salary, I think it's all of those things. But I can tell you that it seems like everybody has enjoyed having him here. I think Coach Avalos has enjoyed being here. He's actually going to be with us on the Coach's Show coming up on Wednesday. You can join us on the Oregon football social media channels, watching the show on Facebook and Twitter. You can also tune in, of course, across the Oregon Sports Network. And Coach Avalos is going to be with us for the Coach's Show 7 o'clock every Wednesday. Join us for the Oregon Football Coach's Show. Ellen uh, says, sure feels good to have a backup quarterback. Uh, no doubt. Tyler Shuck, uh, I-, I thought that he really took a step the last few weeks, and I think a lot of fans being able to exhale after that. Alex also asking about uh, the end of the ASU game. I did see that. I want to talk about the Pac-12 schedule coming up in a little while. First, though, let's hear from Mario Cristobal, the Oregon football head coach. He talked with the media today for his weekly press conference upstairs in the Hatfield-Dallin Complex, starting with some of those injury updates we went through and then taking questions from the media. Mario Cristobal. Appreciate you okay, guys good morning. being here. Appreciate you oh. guys being here. Oh, really appreciate our fans and the support on Saturday night. Thought, um, thought everyone in the stadium did a great job providing a great atmosphere for our guys. And it was great to have a night game. It's been a long time since we've had one here at home. So um, certainly a good experience for everyone that attended. Appreciate them. Um, starting Pac-12 play. Um, had practice yesterday. Guys were really on point in terms of their attention to detail and their focus, understanding that, you know, as we're in our conference play, wiggle room for Errors becomes less and less uh, on the injury front. Uh, Jawan did practice and looked like he's really on track to be able to help us out, but we'll see because I know I've probably teased you guys a few times too many with that already. Um, with Cam McCormick, okay, Cam, um, after assessing him and after him seeing our doctors, it is best for us to take the rest of the season and rest Cam and let him heal so that he can have a successful spring and then start next season with us. Uh, we have tried. Cam, uh, Cam's got a tremendous heart. He's a hard worker. I know he's been through a lot, and he's been pushing to try to get there. Um, but due to the nature of the injury, uh, he's going to be fine, but it is best in his best interest and best interest of the team that he have this year to heal up and then come back and join us next season. Uh, and in spring ball, I should say, in the off-season workouts. Austin Folliou, we did hold him out more precautionary than anything else. He seems healthy and ready to go, so we're counting on him. And the same goes for Bryson Young. Uh, Thomas Graham is um, looks really good. You know, I know he had tweaked his ankle on game day, but uh, the x-rays were negative, and he is moving around pretty well. Jake Hansen is being evaluated. Uh, Stephen Jones had a stinger but is okay. Cyrus had the back spasms, but we feel that he's going to be okay as well. And uh, in terms of the other guys that had had uh, the more significant injuries, Micah Pittman and Brendan Schooler, we expect those guys to join us for practice after the bye week. But they're making really good progress. So hopefully that gives you a good idea of where we're at from an injury standpoint, roster standpoint, and uh, open to questions. Right here, front left, James. Starting both with... Cam and Jake Mario for Cam again this started as a ankle sprain of some kind and is now season ending he's missed a year is there discussion of sixth year applications and whatnot on his front and with Jake you mentioned of being evaluated after the game as well mm-hmm. there's a lot to read between the lines of him posting something and all the offensive linemen reposting it is with solidarity but also could indicate something is there something more there with him Jake's being evaluated, and when we get a true assessment on him, certainly we'll be open with that. In terms of Cam, yeah, Cam has really, he's fought hard to get healthy. And, you know, you wish these timelines are sometimes quicker than what they are, but some of those things are unpredictable. The plan for him is a strong one, it's a solid one, an airtight one. 
And you know what? We're here to support him and make sure he gets back to full strength. Uh, our student athletes and their health and welfare is always going to be at the forefront of every decision. And we um, look forward to him being there with us through this process to coach his teammates and be there for him and certainly join us in the offseason to get back on track. Cam was suited up to play. Was there ever any intention of him seeing the field? We want to see how he felt. We want to see if this thing is something that he could maybe push through. Um, and the decision was made at the end of warm-ups that, you know what, it, let's reevaluate this thing. And, and it was reevaluated, and that's why we're going forward with this particular process. With the guys that played in place of the guys that were hurt, how do you feel like Brady Aiello did and uh, Michael Wright did in the second half and the little bit of the sec first half? That he they did? were prepared, and it showed in the way that they played. They executed well, performed well, high levels, and those are two guys that we look at those guys as co-starters. We feel that uh, strongly about them and have that type of confidence in them. Mario, at the end of the year, after having a few road struggles in the beginning, you guys played better against Oregon State. Obviously, the Red Box Bowl went down to the wire with Auburn. Do you feel like you've established being able to take this on the road or with so many young players? Is that still something you're working on? I think you always work on it. I don't think you ever stop. You have to understand that you've, you've got to pack your, your toughness, your resiliency, right? You've got to pack your perseverance, all the stuff that goes with being a tough football team on the road and knowing that, you know, what when you, when you leave – you know, you're home and you go do it on the road. There's the factors that are outside the football game itself. They can't matter. They cannot be relevant. And it requires a certain kind of mindset. So with young players or older players, it's going to be always a huge point of emphasis. Here, James on the left. Realize it's a very small sample, Mario, but and Blake has done extremely well at punting. But with the two punts, both the one against Auburn that was just inside the 50, this one this past weekend that was just the plus territory, yeah. they do sail for touchbacks. That was Snee's role. Does he get a look now in that short field coffin corner scenario? Yeah, he's always going to get a look, but Blake has actually done really well with that in practice. So going into this game, going into this week in practice, we'd like to keep that thing open. But going into practice, he still is going to be the lead punter on both just regular situations and also um, on the, we call them the sky punt situations as well. Justin had a lot of praise for the tight ends and particularly Jacob after the game on Saturday. What does it do for you guys offensively and moving forward into Pac-12 play when mm -hmm. Justin and Jacob are clicking like that, like they have in the last few games? It's great to have because those big bodies, it's a, it's a whole different passing window, right? Those long-rangey guys that have big catch radiuses and that can also run. Uh, we're looking at a guy that, has legitimate speed that can stretch the field, does a great job in, in the short game, the quick game, as well as the intermediate routes. So he is um, he presents some issues for our opponents, and Jake's become a really good blocker as well. I know he takes a lot of pride in that. So when you keep a guy like that on the field, you could have him as part of the core. You could detach him and put him on the perimeter as well as a receiver or as a blocker. Now, you know, your flexibility as an offense continues to expand so really uh, fired up about what he's doing and also the other guys as well I mean you look at Ryan Bay and some of the things that he's done as well as you know Hunter Campmore and then I know Spencer Webb has had that dual role that receiver but he is still assuming the role of a lot of the the F the H so to speak role from a tight end standpoint so we feel those big bodies are giving us some opportunities to to create some explosive plays clarify with Schooler and Pittman is back to practice does that mean they'll be capable of playing the next game after the bye week or is that just part of the rehab of getting them acclimated back into things it's part of both really and we feel that it, they do have a chance and they're on target from a you know you look at the timeline the original one which you always want to be safe with those things because obviously there was a lot of work that went into it and a healing process that comes with it but they they seem so ahead of schedule they're they're chomping at the bit we know that so we got to slow them down a little bit and, and make sure that they uh that they just are ready to go when they are ready. Now, but in terms of the practice part itself, um, if everything progresses as it goes, we'll we'll see then. Hopefully, we'll have a great update at that time. On the right, right. Mario, uh, Stanford's also had some key injuries, and they've also had a loss at USC, so their margin for error is pretty it's gone in the Pac-12 race. So what are you expecting from kind of this wounded Stanford team? Well, I mean, I think everyone at this point has gone through a good amount of injuries. I mean, we, I feel like we spend most of our time in here talking about a lot of the guys that we've lost as well. So they have quality depth across the board. Uh, they've been an, an, an excellent team for a long, long time. they got great football players. And um, 
you know, they, they know how to win games. Um, they present matchup problems as well with some of their length and their size. They also have some speed in the backfield and some corners that really just um, they play man coverage and, and press you up and knock you around and play those perimeter runs the way it's supposed to be played. So they got an excellent football team, so we know that we need to be at our best. You mentioned the corner specifically, Mario Adebo might be outside of your guys. Frankly, he might be the best cover corner in this league. What does that matchup present? No matter who he's lined up against, what does that mean to the passing game? Which, against the best corners you face in Auburn, obviously they did a pretty nice job at times keeping things in front of them. With him out there, what does this matchup present? He's a great player, and anytime you face a great player, you have to account for him. Uh, whether it be from a scheme standpoint, whether it be from how you want to attack a particular team standpoint. So we're very well aware of him, but I'll tell you, he's not alone. They've got a lot of other great players that, that also um, complement him in the core on the back end. So just overall really impressed with their defense and what they do. With blowout games like the last two weeks, it's easy to see how teams could throw a lot because of just trying to catch up. How do you feel like your pass coverage is done because you're still second in the conference in pass defense, even though teams have been having to throw more against you? I think the best part is if you ask our players, all they, the only response you'll get is that we feel we could do better. And uh, we've certainly improved in a lot of areas. Uh, I felt like Montana, Montana's got a really good passing game. Quarterback's a really good player. We talked about the type of length and athleticism they had outside and as well as their other uh, slot receiver is a guy that just is a really good football player. So, you know, we uh, we just feel that what we do is more important and the focus on us has to always be at the forefront of, you know, what we do. And uh, we have to continue to improve our our discipline, our technique, right, our uh, our fundamentals. And, and we feel we could take another step in the right direction. James? For CJ in particular, Mario, I know it's it's been a year, but it's something to talk about. But do you think there are any lingering things mentally for him with, with Stanford in last year's game? Is there anything there? Is he? Do you feel he has totally moved on past that? Clearly on the field there is, but it is the first time he's playing them since since that game. I don't think that exists with our guys and the way that our guys are are built up and the way we train. And if there's anything lingering, it's nothing but motivation. Back right, Jerry. So, Coach, you had a couple of big runs, Sean Dollars and Travis Dye. But other than that, did you feel like the offensive line struggled a little bit in the running game? And how does that bode for Stanford? I think we had some good runs. We had a couple we'd like to have back. Um, I forget the total number of runs. We had a total of two negative plays. So I think we're in the upper 10 or 15 uh, teams in the country in terms of preventing negative plays from happening. When you play a team like that, uh, they run so many different stunts. They run so many cross blitzes. They present challenges to the gap integrity of the way you're trying to run the ball that you're going to have some plays that don't look great sometimes. I think when we started to run the ball outside and got away from some of that interior, like I call it spaghetti, you know, all that junk in there, we started popping some better ones. But we were definitely better in the second half. In the first half, it felt like we were grinding out some two and four and then six. And, you know, if you stick to it, if you're committed to it, usually you'll find your bigger runs, your more explosive plays in the third and fourth quarter. And we've seen that happen for a couple weeks in a row. But we would like to be more consistent in terms of run efficiency. We would. Uh, we're at about 50%, which is a good goal on first down to have over four yards a pop. But we'd like to increase that number even more. Matt, front left. Stanford's traditionally always had a good front up front defensively. What have you just seen from this year's group? I see the same. And, and they're deep. You know, they do have a lot of bodies. Um, Big body types, explosive, strong. They've got great edge rushers, outside linebackers, and um, you know they present they present some issues. I mean, they have their your, your traditional short busters, you know, your six man protection busters, where they'll stun them, bring an outside linebacker, and then challenge the integrity of the center's responsibility. You know, they disguise their pressures really well. Typically, when you're facing a team and you know, you watch them on defense, there's a tell on when they're bringing some type of pressure. And it's hard. It's really hard to find it. So it's a challenge to the quarterback, you know, pre-snap to post-snap. It's a different picture and a different decision-making process. So all in all, you just see a very talented defense that, um, you know, they've, I think they have scored twice, if I'm not mistaken, on defense. So they're opportunistic as well. And when they hit you, I mean, you feel it. They knock people backwards. And I'm impressed with their front and, and their front seven and defense in general. You touched on it a bit after Saturday's game, Mario, about the uh, going for it on fourth down and four from the 25 rather than the 42-yard field goal. 
you lead the country in fourth down attempts and nine of the 11 came the last two weeks. I, I get it. Not being critical, trying to better understand the aggression because you've cited aggression in numerous instances, not just on the fourth downs. How do you go about strategically the balance of aggression? Because, all right, there you could afford it the past couple of weeks, but whether it's clock or whether it's fourth downs or whatever, just the strategy that goes with aggression where at times the results have blown up on you at times. So how do you try to balance that? Well, we do use analytics, and we also take a look at exactly where we are in the game itself. For example, if um, if your defense is, is worn out but you need a momentum swing, you've got to make a decision. Hey, do we, do we go for this and try to get the momentum back or do we need to create a big field for the defense to have an opportunity to not have them you know, pinned back on their heels? So uh, every single decision we, we look at objectively, um, we think it's important to do so. And we think it's important also to show confidence in our players, particularly when we feel that we're playing on the other side of the field or close enough to it. You know, we have a lot of confidence in our defense. Uh, they're prepared for sudden change to not work our way. And the flip side, or I would say probably the biggest factor in it is we, we need to get better at it. We need to get better at short yard situations, um, a game-changing play, right, a uh, momentum swinger. And we've got some practice at those plays the last couple of weeks, So, but we still want to improve on Thanks, guys. What I did forget to mention, we have played 26 um, true freshmen or redshirt freshmen and a newcomer as well in Salah. So overall, 27 new players have actually played for us so far this year. How about that? Mario Cristobal wrapping up his press conference. Wanted to make sure that he got that note in. I was impressed by that. We've kind of kept track of it, but, man, that's a lot of new faces, isn't it, for the Ducks? Talking more football coming up. Also, take a look back at the entire weekend in Oregon Athletics. we got both golf teams in action today. Your two-minute drill is next. And then a live conversation with Matt Ulmer, head coach of Oregon Volleyball. That's around the corner on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. The game clock is winding down, and so is that plate of piping hot steak nachos. Your eyes are on the last play. But they're also on that last chip, piled high with succulent steak, lending its deep flavor to all the fixins. Just as you reach in, so does your buddy. Game on. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Brought to you by the Rangers and Farmers of Oregon and the Beef Checkoff. When that moment hits you, that moment you realize that this isn't just a house, it's the house, your perfect home. When that moment comes, you'll be ready to make an offer because OnPoint makes getting pre-approved for a mortgage the easiest part of buying your home. Get started at onpointcu.com or drop by any of our neighborhood branches to speak with a local home loan expert. Let's do it. Let's make an offer. Home financing from OnPoint Community Credit Union. Join in. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Duck Insider, Duck Insider, Duck Insider continues after this timeout on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Millions plan for retirement online, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home, and give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. We're back on Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Today's show brought to you by Bymart, employee-owned, real value every day at Bymart. Your Cafe Yum two-minute drill before we hear from head coach Matt Ulmer of Oregon Volleyball. Panay Sewell has been named the offensive lineman of the week in the Pac-12 conference. You heard me mention he was the highest-graded offensive lineman around, a 90.9 rating. 
from Pro Football Focus. That's really good on their rating scale. Congratulations to Panay Sewell following Oregon's big win over Montana, and it's a 4 o'clock kickoff on Saturday for the Ducks taking on the Stanford Cardinal. For Oregon soccer over the weekend, a draw, but a good draw on Friday night against Portland. The Ducks continue to stay unbeaten, and that's a five-match unbeaten streak for Kat Mertz's team. We're going to talk with her more about that coming up tomorrow. Meanwhile, for Oregon Volleyball, an injury-riddled weekend, unfortunately. The Ducks dropped to Minnesota, another top-ten team just like themselves, and at Penn State as well. And Oregon will now stay on the East Coast. The Ducks are going to play at Princeton coming up on Tuesday, tomorrow. And the Ducks will also play St. John's, and they will take on, let's see, Duke and Hofstra as well. It is a busy weekend for Oregon Volleyball and a long trip, about a week and a half. The Ducks are on that East Coast swing before school starts. That's your Cafe Yum two-minute drill. Restaurants throughout Oregon and Washington serving Northwest-inspired catering and takeout for your next gathering or meeting. Menus always available at CafeYum.com. Up next, live on the scene, Matt Ulmer, head coach of Oregon Volleyball. He's kind enough to join us via phone when we come back. We'll talk with him about his team's weekend and what's to come, including this long road trip. We're back after this on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. As my family continued to grow, I realized I'd have to replace my beloved Jeep with something that has, well, more seats. I'm Jason Hines, country financial rep and father of seven. Whether you're upgrading from your sporty ride with no room for a car seat or finally replacing your well-loved beater that still has a cassette player, you'll want the right protection for your new car. Work with a country financial rep like me and get the protection you need at a price you can afford. Learn more at takesimplesteps.com or contact a local country representative. Somebody gonna tell you what can be done For all that you've done Somebody gonna tell you And for all that you're going to do On Point is here with the banking, lending, and advice to make your dreams possible That means easy access to your money at the branch or on the go Because you've got a whole lot of life to live And On Point keeps you moving So join in Federally insured by NCUA Equal Opportunity Lender This is the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. <laughs> Insider presented by On Point Community Credit Union. This just in. Uh, the New York Knicks have officially signed Kenny Wooten. Congratulations to the pro duck, Kenny Wooten. That's pretty awesome. We turn our attention now to Oregon Volleyball. The Ducks in the midst of their longest road trip of the year. Unfortunately, a couple injured Ducks. We'll talk about that with their head coach, Matt Ulmer, after they dropped a couple top ten meetings over this past weekend. Now staying out on the East Coast, playing Princeton tomorrow, then St. John's, Duke, and Hofstra this weekend as part of the Hofstra Invitational. He is the Oregon Volleyball head coach. Normally, we would be doing a fist bump, handshake, then handshake fist bump, but He's not here. He's kind enough to join us on the phone. Matt Ulmer, head coach, Oregon Volleyball. Where are you at, my friend? Can you do it right now? Fist bump? There it Fist is. Fist bump? Boom. And shake. Handshake. That was good. It's done. That was well done. Did you do it? Because, I, I mean, it. we're not like we're I, not FaceTiming you, so I, I have no I proof that you actually did it. There's proof. I have witnesses. Good. I'm glad that you have witnesses. I'm glad that you have witnesses. All right, Coach. Well, hey, uh, where are you right now? What's the travel we're schedule in- been for you guys? We're in Princeton, New Jersey. We're right by campus at Princeton. Uh, it's beautiful here. Uh, travel schedule, we uh, went first to Pittsburgh, and then we drove a couple hours to Penn State, 
at State College, and then we were there, and then we drove here to to New Jersey. So it's been it's been a nice trip. The travel's been easy. All right, I like to hear that long trip for this Oregon volleyball team in the midst of a seven-game road trip. But, uh, yeah, it's a long one for Oregon Volleyball. Coach, let's talk about this past weekend. Uh, you match it up with some of the best teams in the country, and unfortunately a couple ducks dinged up over the, over the course of the weekend. Uh, your thoughts mm-hmm. recapping, a, I know, a tough weekend for you guys. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we opened up at Pittsburgh. Uh, the practice, our, we had like a light practice before, and Abby Hansen went down uh, on ankle, jumping, landing on, on her own. Uh, so, She's out for a little bit here with an ankle injury. And then in our match against Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh's very good. I think right now they're ranked number six in the country, and they're one of the undefeated teams left. And their place was a good crowd and very hot. No AC in the gym, uh, sweaty floor. And Willow Johnson went down. I think it was 19 all in the fourth set. Uh, so, you know, we had a chance there. She went down, and um, we'll see. Hopefully she's back here anytime soon. But it was her her ankle. Luckily it was not her ankle that she had surgery on in January. Um, it was the other ankle, um, but she's trying to get back as soon as possible. Um, so we lost a close one to Pitt. Uh, thought our team played very well defensively uh, all week, really, um, but lost that one. And then we go to Penn State. We play Minnesota Penn State now without Willow and trying to figure out a lineup. Started with Veronica Stone on the right against Minnesota, just trying to get her the ball more. Thought we need more offense out of her, um, but it wasn't a great lineup for us. We were we had a due set in the first one against them, and we played them tight. Um, and again, played good defense. We just weren't able to score enough to beat them. And then we played Penn State the next night and pretty much same story, very close match for us, really good defense against them. Uh, you know, and so we put Morgan Lewis on the right and she did a lot of good things. Uh, got some extended action. So we're a very young group, uh, as we take Willow out of the lineup, but I thought, you know, I was very pleased with so many things that we did. You know, you talk about that young group coach, and we talked even yeah. in the last couple of weeks about adjusting, and when you have injuries, you kind of have to adjust. Mm-hmm. I think that the young team probably learned an awful lot over the course of this weekend, didn't they? Amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, we, again, we were really every set we were in, especially at the 20-point mark, we were pretty much there with everybody in every set, um, you know, which that's great. And, again, they're playing three top seven teams in the country right now. Right. Uh, on the road, and I thought I was extremely proud of how we acted, how we performed. I liked that you know Willow went down and the next person stepped up. Um, I liked how I thought we were very tough uh, against very good competition. Uh, it's the best defense we've had against top competition since I've been in Oregon. We held the three teams to a 202 hitting percentage, which is fantastic. Um, so really a lot of good things. I thought our Penn State match was the best match that we had. I thought we've only improved each match. Um, you know, so I'm hoping we can get healthy at some point. Um, but we are very much learning. I thought Morgan Lewis did a lot of nice things, and Lisa Ferrer went back row for her. And, you know, there's times on the floor when, when Ronica is out in the back row, we have Brooke Nunnaville as a sophomore and everybody else is freshman. So that's right. the group we have. So it's a pretty impressive group, you know, for, for what the, the experience that they have. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of growing going on and positive growth. You know, you talk about, too, Coach, having to adjust. You've now had a couple days in between matches. That's got to make things a little bit easier heading into tomorrow's matchup against Princeton at 4 o'clock Pacific time. You've had a little bit more time to kind of adjust and, and get things situated, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, the you know over the weekend, once you lose Willow, you're just trying to figure out a lineup. You know, so you're just kind of playing with that. And that's, you know, it's hard to do that when you're playing such tough competition. Um, and kind of be in rhythm. But, again, I thought we did okay with that. Um, and then we had our off day yesterday, uh, even, though, even though we traveled. Um, and then today we had practice and a lot of video, and I think that was very helpful for us. So, again, I'm seeing us get better every day. You know, and that's, that's what we need to do. Um, and I think we're going to like where we are at the end of the year if we keep doing it. That's what you like, and especially getting healthy. That always helps. Uh, coach Ulmer, joining us, Matt Ulmer, head coach, Oregon Volleyball. Uh, what do you know about Princeton? Uh, what can you tell us about this matchup that you got coming up tomorrow? Yeah, Princeton's a very good team. Um, they were, I think, ranked 50th last year, so top 50 team in the country. Uh, that's just kind of what our schedule is. It's always good. Um, and tough place to play in their gym here. Uh, shocking, they're a very smart volleyball team. Um, I think shocking. they, uh, shocking, uh, you know, they're not the athletes, the raw athletes that like Penn state or Minnesota are, um, but they really know how to play the game. Well, um, they, they're going to make you earn it. Uh, they don't, you know, not a lot of unforced errors on their side. They have two really nice lefts, a really good setter, um, a powerful right side, um, and good ball control team. So yeah, we're in for another good one. Um, you know, I just think I'm, I'm happy we have some more matches here this week. 
and a chance for this group to just keep growing and figure it out. So against a lot of different types of types of teams. So looking forward to it. Who won all the cribbage on the flight over? Uh, you know, I, I haven't lost. Actually, I finally lost one cribbage game last night. I think I was like nine and zero up to that point, and it was like on the last second. And it was their crib first, so I mean it was a bunch of crap. But uh, yeah, no, my my record right now is pretty pretty impressive. And uh, could you explain to our fans how you're cheating? I, I actually am not cheating at all. <laughs> I, I actually I actually give them their points that they miss. That is who I am. You know. <laughs> So, I don't believe on, that I for a second. Come on. It's, so, it's no true. It's you are way, true. You are way too competitive to give points away. I know you. Yes, but this is who I am. Is that I'm so competitive that I want to beat you straight up. You know? I don't All want right. you to be able to have anything over it. I'm just going to beat I'll even give you points. All right. That's legit. I like that That's answer. Legit. That's Matt Ulmer. Thank you. <laughs> Coach, Oregon <laughs> Volleyball. Uh, what else is going on out there? Uh, did you guys get the chance to do anything fun on a on a long trip like this? Coach, what do you do with the team to occupy their time when it's not all volleyball? Uh, I think the first part was pretty much all volleyball. Um, then uh, yesterday we were able to go walk around. I mean, Princeton campus in the area here is just it's beautiful. It's um, absolutely unbelievable. Um, so we've just been kind of going around and seeing everything that they have here. And then we're going to go to New York here after this Princeton match, and we'll go to Central, we'll go downtown, we'll go to Times Square, Central Park, and we'll do some different things there. So that'll be a little bit more of our sightseeing opportunity. Um, but, no, I mean, it was it was a lot of volleyball here the first part, playing those top teams and getting prepared for that. So, And now you get a chance to enjoy the team a little bit. That'll be fun coming up. But the Ducks yep. will play Princeton tomorrow. The Hofstra Invitational will run Thursday and Friday of this week. You can follow at OregonVB on Twitter and keep up with Matt Ulmer and his squad on this long road trip. Uh, tell Nate Kruger thanks for coordinating, and uh, I hope that you guys have some safe travels and, and some more wins, Coach. I appreciate it. It's just so hard to give you crap when I'm not there, you know? So it just doesn't feel... Ah. You know, well, I, I'll save it up for next week, okay? I, I appreciate that. But, hey, I, I did my best. You know, I gave you an opportunity to talk about cribbage. And, you know, I, hey, we, we did what we could do, yeah. you know? It was okay. Yeah, it was our worst yet, but we'll, we'll get better. We'll get better. <laughs> it was our worst yet. <laughs> uh, you know, at some point, you and I are going to have to figure out a way to to actually FaceTime so that then you you can do some some odd I think things. I think that was the way to go. I think we missed an opportunity here. All right. My I'm going to I'm going to see if the 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 dork and nerd side of me can figure out a way to do that here over the next Well, uh, I believe I believe in that side of you. It can happen. Thanks. Yeah. You're thank welcome. you. All right. Hey, uh handshake, fist bump, fist bump, handshake, Bam. whatever order it is. Uh thanks for being here. I I appreciate you taking the time. I really do and uh safe travels, huh? See you next week. Go duck. All right, Matt Ulmer, head coach, Oregon Volleyball. It just doesn't feel the same when he's not here to just tell me all the things that I do wrong. It's just not the same. But in all seriousness, uh, this is going to be an interesting, I think, turnaround for the Ducks. Uh, tomorrow against Princeton, then they've got a day in between with St. John's Duke Hofstra coming up. Injuries, it's now a young team learning a lot. I think at the end of the year, we're probably going to look back on those matchups with three top ten teams at the time and say, hey, that was a big, big, valuable week for the Ducks. And especially being on the road for this long, you're getting a true taste of what it could be like in the NCAA tournament. But, of course, getting healthy, that's going to go a long way. That's going to go a really long way. I'm Joey Mack. Uh, thanks again to Matt Ulmer for taking the time while they're on the road, part of their week-and-a-half-long trip here for Oregon Volleyball before classes resume on October 1st here at Oregon. Up next, we'll wrap things up, taking a look back at Pac-12 football for the weekend. Stick with us, Duck Insider, on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. When you got your sights set on a goal, whether it's planting roots, planning your future, or going for the big win, you do what it takes to make it happen. And On Point Community Credit Union can help. We support our community with local banking and lending that unlocks opportunities. Because just like our Oregon Ducks, we play as a team and we win as one too. On Point is a proud sponsor of University of Oregon Athletics. Join in at onpointcu.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal opportunity lender. The game clock is winding down, and so is that plate of piping hot steak nachos. Your eyes are on the last play, but they're also on that last chip, piled high with succulent steak, lending its deep flavor to all the fixins. Just as you reach in, so does your buddy. Game on. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Brought to you by the Ranchers and Farmers of Oregon and the Beef Checkoff. 
Duck Insider, your home for the latest news on Oregon athletics. This is the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. When severe weather causes telecom network outages, the FCC recommends that you call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve cell phone power and turn off your phone when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone and use your outgoing message to update your status. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. Finishing up Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union here on a Monday. A chance to win some Duck Football 2020 season tickets. Now through November 27th, stop by your neighborhood Jackson's and purchase, excuse me, select Pepsi products. With your Jackson's Let's Go Rewards card, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win four season tickets between the 40s. It's all thanks to Jackson's, again, until November 27th, a chance to win some 2020 Duck Football season tickets. Uh, Cindy Saxon earlier was asking about our (laughs) picks and it did not go well um for anybody really uh jerry had a pretty good week he missed three games i missed four games georgie missed five games so suddenly georgie went from being in first place to being two games behind the leader and the leader is jerry and the coin the coin and the slash guest picker is two games ahead of me and Georgie. Not good. Not good. Uh, Utah-USC coming up this weekend. I think that's going to be an interesting one to pick. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I did see, someone was asking earlier, the Arizona State-Michigan State ending. Um, well, first of all, none of us got that game right. We all picked Michigan State, actually. ASU's 3-0 in the conference. But the Pac-12 did confirm that there was an officiating error at the end of the Arizona State-Michigan State game. Essentially, there should have been a third field goal try because there was a missed penalty due to leaping and the leverage call on special teams at the uh, at the line. Well, that's unfortunate. But the Pac-12 won the game. So, you know, we got that going for us. Yeah. See you for Duck Insider tomorrow. I am a Senior Corps RSVP volunteer. I build homes and young minds. I build parks and playgrounds. And support our nation's veterans. I build gardens and help families with their finances. I build healthy futures. And organize disaster relief. I'm a builder and I lead by experience. How about you? Join Senior Corps RSVP. Lead by experience. At SeniorCorps.gov. Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after Dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov drugdisposal drug disposal. 
Welcome to the Orphan Diaries. Here's the founder of Food for Orphans, Gary Van Dyke. Ken doesn't know how old he is. He guesses at around seven. His whole life has been centered on finding food. You see, he lives at the dump and he's never been anywhere else. You can find Ken walking in a decaying landfill of rotting garbage, plastic bags, and shards of broken glass. Too many Ken and children like him are invisible. But they're not, are they? For more information, visit www.foodfororphans.org. Listening to Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Duck Insider is presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Oregon Sports Network.